0: If you sell a physical product or thinking about launching a brand, jewelry, clothing, skincare, and you're looking for a place that can guide you to build a long-lasting brand, I have to introduce you to Stacey Jones, who is the owner of an activewear brand, Sun Love and Roots, which she started in 2015 and has grown into a seven-figure, seven-figure brand brand that she is now sharing all of her insights on and how to navigate the product-based business world and showing you how you can show up as yourself, build a brand that's in alignment with you and grow a community of brand besties that will be screaming for your brand from the rooftop. So be sure to check out Nourished Productpreneur Podcast. And you can also find Stacy at sunlovinroots on Instagram. back to another episode of brand meet creator. I have one of my favorite people here today and someone that is just such a marketing whiz was a marketing gal in her past life and is now the lovely lamb and littles Shan. I'm so excited to chat today. Um, I would love to hear to kick this episode off. We're not even gonna, we're not even gonna fuss around anything else. I want to hear about how on earth you have seen a 100 almost 40k glow up in the last less than a year?
1: Yes. Okay, so I think we do need to talk about that it's a glow up because i think that's the most <laughs> important key part it's like a transformation right we're not talking about one brand that existed and then gained 140,000 followers right we're talking about two totally separate brands that i just completely recreated and i think that's the key um, i started out when i was laid off in the pandemic in 2020 i my background's in marketing i'm professional comms and i was like what the heck am i going to do while well, the pandemic is happening and i had a baby at home we pulled her out of daycare and the thought process was i'm going to be home for just a few months and how can i keep my skills relevant and sharp i said i'm going to teach myself photoshop and so i hopped on instagram and i was working on photoshop and just for fun like was messing with things and then reels came out and i was uploading really silly stupid reels about my dogs and instagram picked it up and they featured me like featured by instagram and Virtually overnight, I went from having like 3,000 followers, because it was basically a personal account at that right. point, although it was, it was public, to having about 18,000 followers. And then I'm like, well, what the heck do I do with 16,000 roughly people yeah. who just followed me because they thought a video of my dog was cute. For my dog. And well, so. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they are cute dogs, but they're also like, you know, they're just, they're my dogs. They're not, you know, there's mm-hmm. not very much um, meat and potatoes there for me right. as a marketer.
0: Exactly. And I think that's what's so interesting, too, is like you saw success, but it wasn't a fulfilling type of success. Like it didn't make your heart say, yes, like this is something that I want to do. It was like, well, yeah, my dogs are funny. Like, great. Love it. (laughs) <laughs>
1: right. And we would all love to make a full salary, a full figure because our dogs are cute, right? But sure. the reality is there's a lot of limitations in that niche because there's only so many brand deals that you can get with such a huge saturated market. There's only so many things you can link and your audience gets real narrow, real fast. Yeah. Um, and so I basically just ignored it for a couple of years. And then, um, last year, last year, 18 months ago, I don't even know the time anymore. Um, We went through a fertility treatment for the second time and I started being more vulnerable and sharing that experience on Instagram and people in this, you know, 18,000 000- follower bucket started really to relate to it. And I started getting really positive feedback and I was like, okay, well, I'll just keep, you know, sharing what I'm sharing. And I kind of use it as a personal diary, if you will, for a while. And then I realized that I was quickly kind of gaining some traction. And I was sharing, once we did get pregnant with our rainbow baby, um, we, I started sharing what it looked like getting ready for his arrival. And all of a sudden I'm just getting flooded with new followers all that are in the same season of life as me, that are like my best friends. And I'm like, yes, like, look at us all hanging out together. And then I'm like, well, what the heck am I going to do with this Instagram mm-hmm. thing? Right? Never planned on it being right. a career, a a lifestyle, even none of it. Um, and so I took a break last summer. Um, and I said, I'm going to take Four months off and figure out what the heck I'm going to do with this thing. And I came back in September of 2022, right? That would be last year, right? Yeah, last September. And I just completely started at zero with my strategy. And I said, This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to share. And I basically, you're either going to love it and stay with me or go ahead and unfollow me because this is what we're doing now. And this is fulfilling. And this can be an impactful salary for my family and also allows me to keep sharing very, very authentically what my life is. It's not extra work. It's just monetizing on my life.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things that are really interesting here in your 140K glow up. Number one being this was your personal account, which a lot of people get really scared about. Number two, you had 18K that you then transitioned to in dog world And then you switched again. So, I mean, this whole pivot thing, like people get so in their heads about like, well, people will leave or like I'll end up at zero or, you know, something will happen. And at the end of the day, like, what's the difference? You have this unfulfilling thing where you just have followers for followers sake, Or you pivot into something that feels like you and you feel like you're actually making a difference. You connect with the people that really are on your level, on your wavelength, and you build a career. Absolutely. And I think you always need to think about too, in professional marketing,
1: we do so many test groups with audiences, right? Mm. And so when you're talking about that glow up now, if you took the percentages out of 140,000 of that 18, it is such a low percentage. If I was being a marketing advisor for a huge makeup brand, would I be advising them to change a campaign off of that percentage? Likely No. Right, that's such a small demographic. So I had someone message me a couple months ago, and they said, "You know, I love what you're doing. I'm in the same season of life as you, but I've been following you since day one, and I really miss the dogs." And I said, "Well, the dogs are still here. They're just, you know, barking up a storm in the background." Yeah. Um, but I did have an interesting conversation with her that was, you know, I hear you and I get that, but I'm also not going to change my content style that I'm loving and that's mm. really fulfilling me for 18,000 out of 140,000. And that's assuming that all 18,000 stayed. Like I have no idea, right? Didn't. We have no way to measure that. <laughs> no, I, but a large chunk of them did. I have a lot of like, I call them like hardcore day one Lama Littles fans. Yeah. Um, and I'm so thankful for them and grateful for them. But
0: they've watched the whole arc happen. You know what's wild? You're one of my OG Transgender girl fans. Yes, <laughs> okay, this is exactly, on a viral reel. This is exactly how I felt too in the very beginning when you know went viral on a whim, was one of the first people that brought transition tutorials to Instagram in a native format and like kept at it. And I hit a point where I was like, this is not fulfilling. So I so relate. This is not fulfilling. I have to tell you more about me. I have to get my brain in this somehow. And we have to pivot. There has to be a pivot here or I'm not, I'm I'm outie. I'm outie. This isn't going to last long. And I think one thing that I have so
1: much respect for you, Harley, is your ability to transform in an ever-changing app. No, I mean it since so, very sincerely, there are so many people in the industry that cannot keep up with the changes. And I think mm-hmm. the ability to look at it as this is what's happening today, and this is the decision we make for our brands today, and also say we may make a different decision tomorrow mm-hmm. is evergreen. I mean, it's going to continue building you and all the other brands that you support in that way. And the I'm trying to remember what you called it, but you, the reel I found you was the supermodel on the turntable
0: reel. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I and like, don't even know what it's called either. I don't remember. Something like that, right? Um, But like your
1: ability to go from there and then notice that all of a sudden, it doesn't really matter if you have transitions in your reels. And yeah. so now we're pivoting and what does matter in your reels? And do reels even matter
0: anymore? Yeah, g- good question. So I've... Again, just so many questions for you. Number one. Good. (laughs) Good. Do it. So you have a very analytical, logical brain. And so I want to hear the head trash that you went through as you pivoted. And your brain was saying, yes, we pivot. We're a marketing agency. I got this. And your soul was saying what? My marketing brain was
1: saying, do we want to build a marketing strategy that we can do with our kids at home in this season of life? Or do we want to build a strategy that says, I'm going to work 30 hours a week with childcare? Mm. And I think that was the number one question that was really hard for me because we were in a season of life where I'm home with the kids. And so it's like, if I'm going to pick something up, It needs to do, number one, needs to feed my creative brain because that's what I was missing as a full-time parent. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband has always been like a thousand percent supportive of me finding creative endeavors. But we're not talking about a creative endeavor. We are talking about taking a creative endeavor putting concrete strategy and implementation wow. behind it. And so the brain trash was, how do we get from creative endeavor to creative endeavor endeavor with strategic implementation behind it? And so it went from, you know, I'm going to just make a whole bunch of reels and see what happens to, I'm only going to focus on brand partnerships to mm-hmm. I'm going to launch a blog. I paid for a blog for 365 days. I might even still pay for it until my husband. And I never hit publish a single time, but because I was just so kind of lost in figuring out where the heck, how do I stop leaving money on the table, frankly, without feeling like a sellout, right? How can I just
0: monetize with what I want to do, not go chase a wallet? Mm -hmm. So where did you, where did you end up getting with that? Where do you fall on that spectrum? Cause so not getting... like hit me in the soul a little bit. Cause I think the same thing. I'm like, okay, long-term, like I want to be able to have space and freedom and be able to go to the park at 11 a.m. and whatever. But then my workaholic self is like, but, but you got 50 emails. So get them done yes. now in minutes. I mean, two minutes.
1: I could give you your own feedback, which is you could answer your emails in the park. Just so you know. Um, So, I think where I got with that is that I will never get to an endpoint. And I love that, right? Back to the ever changing app. I will never get to a point where I say, this is my firm strategy. This is what we are doing. And this is where I will lay my head down at night, right? It will always be, this is what's making sense in this season of life, number one, this season of Instagram, number two. So, I'm only on Instagram right now. And then this is what will make sense in this season of consumerism, because Mm -hmm. I do make a large percentage of my income on affiliate linking. Mm -hmm. And so part of that is paying attention to consumer trends. And so I kind of ended up in this really cool, I call it a spider web of what I'm doing. And so I am raising my children. Mm -hmm. And as I'm raising my children, I approach my Instagram with two things. Number one, what things do I send my best girlfriends Mm -hmm. in text message? Do I send them, I'm having a breakdown today and I can't deal. Do I send them, I found the best baby sunscreen, you have to try it. Mm -hmm. Do I send them, I found the worst toy today. Do not buy it. Do not let it in your house, right? And so I want to translate those conversations into Instagram because of number two. And number two is I treat my Instagram like a social media. It is a social Mm -hmm. platform. I want to be social. And I think both of those pillars, text to my best friends, put the social back in social media, allow me to build really deep relationships, specifically in my DMs. And this is for all of the um, podcast listeners, where Harley and I have many arguments, (laughs) because I currently... (laughs) answer every single one of my DMs. And I do believe really, that really you just trigger me, that's all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I do because I really truly today in this season of life with this season of Instagram believe that th- that's where the critical relationships are being built. Yeah. Now, I am in this interesting phase right now where my business is scaling and my time is not. Yeah. Right, and I re- recently even hired a virtual assistant, and she was like, "I'll hop in your DMs," and I'm like, "No, don't touch my DMs! Right? I'm like, you can't, you can't be my DMs." <laughs> that's that's that my a DMs. lot of
0: creators hold dear, though. I I think that yeah. I've received quite a few DMs that are like, "Hey, like Harley slash team, like blah blah," and I'm like, "No, no, no, you're getting me! Like you're de- you're definitely talking to me. You will always be talking to me, and." like that's pretty common to be like, no, you can't be in my DMs. I want this to be, you know, my conversation, my space. You can be in my comments all you want, but DMs, Mm -hmm. uh uh-uh.
1: No, and I think that's really critical. And I think if you analyzed a lot of those top influencer strategies, that's key, right? Because back Mm -hmm. to the spider web. So now we have, we're making reels about things that are happening in life based off of conversations with girlfriends and putting the social back in social media and what I'm doing, right? I'm in a very... Common season of life that a lot of women find themselves in, and we're all doing the same things. And if you don't have a mom best friend in your life to text and say, Okay, my baby's been screaming for three hours, what the heck do I do? Mm -hmm. I will be that for you on the internet. Like, hello, welcome to my world, welcome to my Mm -hmm. slice of the internet. And so, those reels then connect to affiliate links, right? Because I am currently making a set of links for every reel I put up, Mm -hmm. and then we have our, our lovely little bot who goes in and gives people the links, mm-hmm.
0: and then those relationships are created. And then we add a and you're whole using, other all in You actually just set up, I know you just set up many chats. So you're using many chats. You're using that big time right now. It's, it's the
1: it is the biggest game changer to my brand since I took four months off and repivoted. Wow. It is that impactful. Wow. Yeah. It's I couldn't couldn't live without it. It's fantastic. It it has Probably improved my sales follow through by 60%, 65%. Wow. I wow.
0: mean, just the
1: amount of, yeah, just the amount of leads that I was, my time was not scaling enough to be able to fulfill that many chats fulfills is incredible. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting that I'm finding is a lot of the many chats responses on comments to reels are coming from non followers. Mmm yeah. so it's even catching a whole nother bucket that then I can field back into my spider web.
0: Wow, Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, the last pivot of the spider web is really important because it's brand partnerships. Mm. And so it is the connection between putting up a reel that is something that keeps it social, to grabbing the links that I make affiliate sales off of, to flirting with brands and making sure that there is a warm handoff available. For all influence to be able for to go me. in, <laughs> yes, for you, and be able to create that relationship, establish that relationship, and then be able to physically show them that I have the ability to sell their products, and that I'm worth my rates. So that's my my spider web that I have going and it all funnels together. To allow me to run a very uh,
0: currently currently efficient influencer business, mm-hmm. you run a really tight ship, and I think that whole spider web, that whole funnel, is really really underrated and really important because there's a lot of influencers. Like there, it's just fact. There's a lot of influencers. This industry is very oversaturated. I just don't think that a plain pitch is going to get you anywhere without that flirting. Like there needs to be more love and attention spent on brands to actually get that in. And that's something that people are always shocked about when I talk to them about the agency and our model. And I'm like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen if I pitch that brand that you know, like, and adore, but they're not on your feed? Literally nothing. Literally nothing. No, because I can't can't do all the work. They have no reason. They have no reason. And even with brands that we like know and love, even, even those like tight relationships, they look at influencers, they'll go to the DMs, they'll like see what's in your feed. And it's not a good sell if you're not posting similar objects or even better, their own product. And that's not to say that you have to go out of your way, but like- if you like the product, anytime you have it, it should be on your feed. I completely agree. And I think it makes the creator's job so much easier
1: too. If it is a product that I'm constantly using, I think the baby sunscreen is a top of the mind because I'm on vacation and so I've been sharing that link. And I don't wanna be sharing a different baby sunscreen because then I have to go buy it, I have to use it, I have to swap out every sunscreen that's in every car, tray table, diaper bag and then take pictures of my kids using it instead I just look through the you know 500 photos I took at my kids of the, at the pool yesterday and 12 of them have a clear logo yeah I'm like great throw it up there
0: Lovely. there it is. you know what's you know what's funny you ran into this issue the other day I'm going to talk about this this exclusivity clause um oh yes I- because I don't, I don't think it's a negative, but it was a very interesting like niche issue to have. So you sure. sent me a Voxer, a voice message, and you were like, hey, so I have a different, was it a bottle? It's a formula. Mm, a formula in the background of your pantry in one single clip of this reel and like it's formula it's okay to use multiple brands but I went to her contract with a brand that she's actually sponsored by and turns out there's an exclusivity clause in it that says you're not allowed to market any other similar products for x amount of time and so I think it just comes down to like that weirdness it's it's the same thing it's like well what are you going to do even if it's normal for someone to use multiple products isn't it easier if it's what you're already using?
1: Exactly. I think the formula one's are really interesting creator problem too, because we as new moms get mailed formula samples. So it's just a little tin like that, that I put up in the cupboard randomly. And so it is a good note for me that like, I didn't really think about it until I'm reviewing the feed because I have the huge ones of the brand that I love that I'm working with on there. Um, and, and it's also just something really that you go it. through
0: really quickly. So it's not, again, like, it's not weird to have multiple things. Yes. Well, yes and no, because the thing about the sample is it's not even opened.
1: So it's mm. there because it's a sample I received when I was pregnant. I put it up there. I'm going through the brand that I like, right? So to me, I didn't, my brain didn't even think, oh, shoot, you know, it's up there you know, but I'm glad I caught it on the review and I'm happy to refilm because all I had to do is like take the thing out and I'm not using it anyway. Cause we're using the brand that I like right, because I only clear. promote brands I like. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: I think, I think that's so funny too. The, the influencer saying of like, well, I only post things I like. No, duh. Oh, no, duh. You only post like yeah. things you like. Don't validate it. Like you're fine. Oh, we know. Yeah. No, my, be my biggest, my biggest pet peeve,
1: is people who message me, especially they're usually in my personal life who follow my professional, and they'll be like, "Hey, that link that you posted, do you really like? You that? Really like it?" <gasps> and I'm you know like, "Do so I come into your office and ask you if you really support the slide deck you have up for your boss? Like, come yes. on, man."
0: <laughs> oh. I, you know what? It's so funny that you say that because it's always people that I know in real life. They're like, "Wait, do you really like that?" I'm like, "Yes, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah." Yeah, that that one gets me every time.
1: Oh, it's such a pet peeve. (laughs) And it's
0: not purposeful. It's not like vindictive or anything.
1: No. And sometimes I wonder too, it's often people that I'm not incredibly close with. And sometimes I wonder if it's an icebreaker for them. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I saw this product. I've been thinking about it. Like, could you tell me more about it? Um, Which I'm always happy to do. That's the majority of what I spend my time doing in my DMs too. Um, But it's the, do you really like it? I'm like, oh, come on, man.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So speaking of of affiliates, you recently put together a spreadsheet of your affiliate conversions and sales because I because I messaged her randomly and I was like, hey, I want to work with a specific brand. I need metrics. Can you just do something? And of course, her type A self was like, I have a full spreadsheet. Here you go. But the thing (laughs) that killed me was the number of Dang sales on this spreadsheet! Like, were you shocked to see some of these numbers? I was really shocked. Um, we're so I have been doing affiliate linking now
1: for six months, firmly, but really it's more about three months because for the first three months I was so brand new to everything I was doing that I really wasn't implementing any strategy behind it or really being thoughtful at all about what I was sharing. It was more like if I saw something I shared often was on sale, I would post it. It wasn't like okay, I'm filming a reel today. I'm talking about baby sleep. I'm going to throw together a list of my top baby sleep items and I'm going to put a mini chat bot behind it yeah. to link. So when people comment, they get my whole list. And I was shocked about two things. Number one, I have moved in the last six months over, I think it was like $130,000 worth of product. I was which is like
0: ask you if you knew that number because I think your top Bonkers. product was like 20K or something in sales. that you play. Yeah.
1: And that leads me to my second most shocking revelation was the amount of high dollar items that I'm selling. Right. So, for example, my baby monitor um, is Nanit, which is like the most fantastic brand in the entire world. And I'm obsessed with it, um, and but it retails for I think a base package at $2.99 and a higher level package at $3.99. And I honestly didn't think it would be selling that well, yeah. and it is one of my top sold products. Wow! And I was just pretty floored. And I think one thing that I try to disrupt the influencer business with a lot is making sure that I'm being very aware that. The household medium income levels in the United States, which is my target demographic, is very, very varied. And that I personally, living in Seattle, live in a very high cost of living area. So to make sure that I'm linking things high and low. Because Mm. who likes to follow an influencer that shares everything that they most likely got sponsored for anyway, and you know, is going to cost you ten thousand dollars to have a blow up slide in the back of your yard. I and want someone to link thing. the nine ninety nine yeah. slip and slide that they found at
0: Walmart on sale on clearance, and I want them to tell me to go get it today. There's a fashion girly that I follow that I talk, I talk to a friend about all the time because she has these wonderful, amazing dresses, and every time I click on them, I'm like, oh, four hundred dollars, great. No, not going to buy can't that. Can't do it ever. ever.
1: I was surprised at the number of high-level prices. I would have thought selling a $29.99 monitor would have sold a whole lot more than the two ninety-nine, dollars and I was wrong. Interesting.
0: Or is that that people buy high for their babies, for this little- Which I think is a really good point. This little critter and that they care about so deeply.
1: Right, and I think when you are shopping for your little itty-bitty baby, especially as a first-time mom, It's back to the, if you don't have a best mom friend, right? You need need someone else to tell you, I have purchased this. I loved it. Here's what I did with it. Here's what I didn't do with it. This is the package I chose and why. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, yes, that's all I needed. Because you can read as many reviews as you want and you can read as much marketing copy by the retailer as as you want. You're still going to trust a firsthand experience of someone telling you over that.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think the reviews come down to it a lot right? So technically, influencer marketing is a review.
1: Yes. But what a more powerful review, seeing someone try it out, than Mm. reading with no avatar and the name that says, Harley says, I really like this monitor, right? Like the difference
0: is huge. It's so huge. So I love that you've Taken that, taken all of that data, and now you're saying we need to shift our strategy and we need to actually use this data. So, what's your plan for actually bringing that to fruition?
1: Right. So, historically, and when I say historically, I mean like in the last three months of my strategy. Really, historically. I- really historic. I have been picking a topic. Um, often I'll put up a Q&A and then I, I write down every single question that's asked of me and that's how I make my content. And so let's say one of them says, what is your baby's bath time routine? And so I would make a reel about baby bath time routine and I would then link the products. I am now using my spreadsheet to impact my decisions and guide my content creation in addition to the question and answer. So um, the baby bathtub was one of my items. It's a low dollar amount item, but there was hundreds purchased. And so for example, instead of just making the general baby bath time, I I might make a reel that says, I chose this baby bathtub for one reason. And then specifically linked to that product. And this is, again, another mini spider web. Because here we now have a piece of content featuring that item that I know sells well. We have the bot coming in underneath to make sure that my leads, my warm leads are now followed through. Mm -hmm. I then have specific analytical quantitative data to send to a brand when Harley asks for it to say specifically at this retailer, and for example, this is at Target. So we could send to Target and say, this specific SKU was sold by this influencer these hundred times in this time allotment, right. grossing your store this much revenue, right? Mm-hmm. We can send that. How powerful it is that? And also then, it's super powerful. We then also are able to answer any of the Q&A that comes in about baby bath time in the future, number one with the link and number two with that piece of content being served again, which means I don't have to make another piece of content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mini spider web.
0: Mini spider web. And I love that you're drawing inspiration from that and not pulling it out of nowhere.
1: Complete, which is what I was doing before.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that's part of the reason I felt so lost.
0: Yeah. So when did you... When did you start driving your content through Q&As? Probably
1: in January. So we're now, Lame Littles is going to celebrate its one year birthday here in September. Um, so we're on what? September, October, November. Well, I can just give you a rough timeline. So I started in September. September, October, I had my first meeting with Harley because I passed 50K. So I went from 18K to 50K. Um, the end of January, I hit 100K, right? The same week my baby was born. Yep, great, which is super exciting. It. <laughs> had a baby hit 100K. Um, it is now, what is it? June, June. And I'm either hit 140 today or will hit 140 later today if trends continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was probably two months ago, three months ago that I started
0: doing the Q&A. What? No, it's probably longer than that. Sorry, I'm all over the place. That's I'm okay. Trying to That's think okay. Of- but what made you, what made you say, okay, I I'm stuck now. Like I don't I don't have this inspiration. Mm-hmm. I need I need someone else to guide me right now. Oh, that's a great question. So when I was just kind of
1: being in la-la land of Instagram back at 18K for two years and not opening the app for weeks at a time because I wasn't trying yeah. to be an Instagrammer, um, I would once in a while do a Q&A and I would get like 10 questions. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, cool. And that's back when, you know, people used to say the strategy was put your own questions in if you're selling something. Well, I wasn't selling anything. So what am I going to put my questions in as, right? Like, it's just like, oh, where do you live? What kind of dog well, do you okay, have, here's, right? Very here's the it's
0: like We are all selling something. Like everyone can get- Oh, but I mean- I know, know, but like, I hear this all the time is like, oh, well, I'm not selling anything. Yes, you are. Get on to Like to Know It. Get on to Amazon Influencer. Get on to something. Get with your favorite brand. I'm sure they have an an affiliate program. And I think beyond that too- I do think everyone sells
1: something even when you're just trying to grow even when you're just trying to sell authenticity authenticity and trust, mm-hmm. you are selling something even if you don't have a physical skew. what I meant by that was more back when I was not I was using Instagram just as fun and an outlet I had no goals or aspirations or desire to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Is the difference. So then, when now starting kind of maybe in January, when things started to really pick up, I would do a QA and I would get thousands of questions. And I would, I never have any time, yeah, to answer them. And I would always say, like, feel free to DM me. I will answer in DM. But I was running out yeah. of time to answer the questions, even within a 24 hour period before they expire. Like, I you well, just can't also, answer them.
0: I mean, so I started screenshotting many, them. How many questions can you answer within? within a whole story section, like after a while, those, used, those, Oh my God. You, and you answered all of them. I didn't no because I, I didn't have that much time, but you In know, rest, I, I think the most cool here's the, here's the issue that I have. And I, I actually had someone I've, I've kicked up the Q and A's more. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a goal of doing, you know, a Q and A every week. And like, I need to get this back into my routine. I really I've, liked them. Oh, thank you. Cause I've been slacking and I used to do them all the time. And so I had a ton of questions uh, really quickly and a friend that's actually in Do Less Club like jumped into my DMs and was like, how many of these did you ask yourself? And I was like, literally none, literally none. And she was kidding, she was kidding. But like, I literally asked myself none of them because people are interested and like that does feel really good. And I think the issue becomes... Now I know people are interested, but how many slides can I actually put out there before I'm like, uh, red flag, my story's too long. Views are starting to drop off. I have freaking 300 views at the end of this story because they don't make it that long. And like, yes, I have, I have nurtured that one person, but is this a good strategy?
1: And I think it just depends on what your questions are in the day. I've had days where that happens to me. And I've also had days where my Q and A's are the highest of my stories. Wow. In that month, and that, and that it's all followed through. So I think it just totally depends, but I also think like, it's so valuable. Like I am loving your recent Q and A's. Like I, it's so good to just be reminded of things that I learned to do less club week one, which was now months ago, but that <laughs> I'm like, Oh yes. Like I should be doing that or, Oh, that's right. That's why we don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's like super critical. And then you can screenshot them and that could influence how you design a new product
0: in the future. Oh, a thousand percent. I, Q&As are so valuable. So valuable. they so great. I think great. we forget about them. We forget about them all the time yep. because we get too and like I do wrapped think, up in things.
1: I think a lot of times we tell people like, use Q&As to find out what your audience wants to know from you so that you can build content for them. But then they put up a Q&A that says, tell me what you'd like to see more of. Ugh. And I have Ugh. not historically seen that work. Totally. And so when when I just ask, like, I've got, you know, two hours. To, like, what do you want to know? Like, ask me anything, links, whatever. I get flooded with all these great content ideas. Ooh, and I just thing. screenshot here's, them. Here's
0: the thing that you, you also do. I think to be successful in a Q&A, you have to have the list of like options. Like you have to tell Ooh, me, like, okay, I, ask me anything about life relationships whatever products whatever your content pillars are i have another question for you about this like to know it amazon influencer thing um right how on earth do you pull together all of your story slides for it and like what makes an effective besides many chats besides the bot what makes an effective link click so I think
1: having what you're going to do in your brain is number one and then making it like a tree or a triangle from there. So like, um, let's take You've got so uh, packing many a diaper metaphors. bag. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm just by pulling content. Like, let's take packing a diaper bag, right? So I'm gonna share a reel about packing a diaper bag. So I make a list either in my brain or on my phone of all the items that I filmed, or if I know it off the top of my head. And then I don't use Canva. I use a different app called Bazaar. And I just have a template there that just has my name and like a title. And I just, yeah, I just grab screenshots. I don't ever have to mess with it. And it's all, it's an app. So I don't have to even get on my computer and pop it in. And then that goes on to like to know it. And then I enter the links and then Amazon influencers, they are so smart. They've made such great upgrades to their platform. It will allow me to make a list off of my recently viewed. So when I've gone into Amazon and pulled up the pictures of the products Mm. for the like to know it board, it's all there. So I can just click, 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 click done and then I've got it ready to go. So I can, for most pieces of content, I can do that in about 10 minutes. And most of them, I actually don't know the limit on Amazon or associates or influencers, but for like to know, I think it's 17 items. Uh So I'm never doing more than 17. Most of the time I'm doing five or six. Right. So it's like, boom, 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 boom. Um, and then Another shout out to Amazon associates influencers. I don't really understand the difference, but I'm in both. So one of them (laughs) is they now have a really easy in app where you go to share instead of like share to text message or share to send, it says share affiliate link. And I can literally copy it that easy. And I'm like, where has this
0: been all my life? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So easy. Yep. Um, what has been, so I know you make these graphics, but like I want language. I want tips and tricks. Like give me more tangible of what makes a difference for those highest conversion clicks.
1: So I think repetitive. I mean, we all know that sharing links, sharing information about a specific product repetitively sells a product.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I think picking the products that you're going to sell that are things that show up in your real life is something we say to everyone. Yes, but it's really, Mm -hmm. it needs to be... Yeah, it needs to be something that's in the background. Um, Oh, I have a really good tip or trick. Uh, This is actually from my professional marketing and sales background is if one person has the question, everyone has the question. Mm -hmm. And so if one person asks me for a link for a product recommendation for whatever, it is being answered in my DM and it's going straight to my stories every single time. Even if it's like, even if I answered it yesterday, if that story slide has expired, it's going back up. Mm. And I think that has really helped because I think too many times we get the little cringy like, oh, so many people have been asking me about this. It's like, I don't care if one person asks you about it. If someone else thinks that product is cool, I want to know about it. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the best friend text thread, right? If I think it's cool enough that I'm sending it to my best friend, I'm sending it to the, I don't know what my average story view is right now, probably between 10 and 15,000 views. I'm sending it to the 10 or 15,000 people who hang out with me every day because they're my friends too. I think there's
0: just so much to be said about like really simple content that includes these starter packs, these uh, things you need, five necessities for your vacation bag, your beach bag, your whatever, your makeup bag. It doesn't matter what kind of bag it is, but people Completely. like that information. And I mean, I think we have to, we have to understand number one, I am so nosy. I want to know what's in your baby bag. I don't have a child. I'm probably not going to have a child for years. And I'm like, Shan, what's in your baby bag though? (laughs) What do you need? Right? And I also think it's like,
1: we all have jobs, right? Like if you work in a nine to five in an office, you have a job. Your job is not to likely, unless you're me, to think about what someone else puts in their diaper bag. Uh So let me do that work for you so that when you're aimlessly scrolling, you don't have to take your own brain energy that you have given to your job and do it here. You know, maybe you work at Chrome and can make my computer download Chrome. You did that for me so that I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. Let me do this for you. And I think too many people forget that we all have roles and we're all serving each
0: other just in different ways.
1: Yep. it's a giant spider web. It's all—it's all a spider web,
0: a tree, <laughs> a map. Who knows? A funnel. We got—we got all of them yeah. here. Okay, so Shan, let's wrap this up. Um, tell me your biggest tips to seeing this immense growth that you've seen in building your personal brand. What's the biggest lesson? Do less club. Uh, <laughs> do less
1: club. She is my one. number
0: one hype, girl. I swear. No, I
1: really am. Um, So I'm gonna say do less club number one, and with that, number two is outsourcing. I think as soon as you can outsource something, do it. Yes. Um, and that goes for like hiring an agency. That goes for hi- hiring a virtual assistant, hiring childcare, whatever it is. Um, and then you don't have to do it alone. I think num you don't have to do it alone. And I think when I said the childcare one, the first thing that popped into my head was you also don't have to do it, right? Like you can make the choice that in this season of life, that doesn't work for you. And there's no reason you can't say, I'll try again in six months for that particular part. Mm -hmm. Nothing has to, nothing has to be done today. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other biggest one is going to sound really cringy, but I need you to hold on. And that is be authentic. And that means showing up on the app the same way you show up to your best friend's house in your pajamas for girls movie night. And Uh, yes, I think it's so critically important when we are transitioning into the social media world to let go of the perceived professionalism and just be ourselves and I think that has really helped with my brand deals. That has really helped with my engagement rates, with my following increases, and just realizing that like I am the brand at this point. And that doesn't mean that I change myself to be a brand that we want. Mm-hmm. It's that
0: we have built a brand around what I, what I, who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah, I so agree. Like authenticity is such a trigger word, but it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to lean into. Really, really, and I think hard. it's hard to to
1: separate in our like corporate minded brains what be authentic to a brand means yeah. versus be authentic to you as a human. Yeah, and those are two very different things. And somehow we need to meld be authentic to yourself as a human into be authentic as your brand. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on yeah. Brand Meat Creator. You know I've loved having you. Where can we find you on the internet? on instagram it's lamb
1: and littles and come hang out for mom tips for easy recipes and for a ton of feeling really really productive watching me clean my house when you're (laughs) sitting on the couch
0: (laughs) i love it thank you for listening to this episode of brand meat creator if you loved it please rate it it means the world in this internet space that we're all in